Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Cross Time Podcast. We're with you on our Monday edition of the show for the start of week 13, uh, January 9th of 2023. And thankfully, I am once again joined by my good friend and uh, co-host for Monday's shows, Wyatt. Wyatt, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm glad to be back after missing the last couple of weeks. <laughs> with holiday travel and whatnot <laughs> i think everyone had a, at least a sort of hectic last few weeks with the, the holiday season and the beginning of the new year but now hopefully we're all kind of settled down we have some uh some resolutions why you got any new year's resolutions that are worth mentioning um you know mostly just exercising like making sure that we're my wife and i want to exercise uh well this year and we we booked a cruise as like a graduation celebration for the two of us because we'll both be graduating in April. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we have we both have a goal of losing a little bit of weight before then too. So yeah, gotcha. I mean, that's a classic, right? Everyone's always <laughs> yeah. wanting to exactly to lose a little bit of weight. I mean, I I would ditto that same uh, same desire, but you know, putting it into action can sometimes be difficult. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, we have we sure. of course. Wish everyone out there the best of luck with their New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm sure many people have already dropped theirs, but regardless, let's <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and get started. Uh, so we'll start with our five-on-five five drill. If you're new to the show, basically this is our – we take the, the five most noteworthy uh, games to talk about from the last weekend of action and outline them very, outline them very briefly. Uh, and we're going to start on last Friday with the Bulls – playing in Philadelphia against the 76ers, uh, a game that the Bulls were able to win 126 to 112. Um, and this helped put an end to a 12 game losing streak that the Bulls had at the time, um, which is pretty important for their team, especially a team that's, you know, struggled more than they would hope, even with some injury concerns. Uh, you look at the game charts, it was, you know, Sixers were doing pretty well in that first half, and then Chicago really made a run in the second half to put it away, uh, especially aided by 41 points from Zach Levine. A nice triple-double from Nikola Vucevic as well, 19 points, 18 boards, and 10 assists. Great game for him. Meanwhile, for Philly, uh, they didn't do too bad as a team, but they were without Joel Embiid again. Uh, P.J. Tucker starting at center for them in that matchup. Um what are your thoughts, Wyatt? And I think I've kind of mentioned this in the past as far as my, and maybe both of us to an extent, old school <clears throat> beliefs as far as the center position. And you have a guy like P.J. Tucker matched up against Vucevic. Do, do you get the same kind of, like, what are your thoughts when you see that's the matchup? Right. It's exciting. And it's it's kind of fun to to see how it's going to play out because you, of course, here, especially like, people that have played more traditional uh i guess basketball like older people or whatever who's like you know you got to have a true center like the league's going to crap because there's no true centers and and it's kind of fun to see like some of the true centers out there like you know Jokic is kind of a true center except he passes way more than you know a traditional mm-hmm. center would and so it's fun to see some of these guys that are super successful still in today's league and i think that's that's one example of like it's exciting to see how it's going to play out because you have a very old school generation ball versus 
the modern take on the center position. Yeah. I mean, for me, I get sort of annoyed by it in the sense of like with this particular matchup, like I I've, you know, gotten more used to more and more every year teams playing with smaller lineups or, you know, not a traditional <clears throat> quote unquote center, but right. in this particular game, you know, I think, okay, yeah, Vucevic against PJ Tucker and he's got a half foot advantage. Yeah. say <laughs> PJ Tucker's not very big. Yeah. Just, just throw the ball down low and he'll, you know, make it happen. And Which he sort of never do for some reason. I mean, maybe yeah. they did this game, but typically, you know, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know, we're coming at it more from a fan's perspective. Like we played in, in high school a bit, you more than I, but like, we certainly don't have the same level of, uh, you know, knowledge of the nuances of, of defense and especially in this new age of, you know, the way defense is played. And so, you know, there's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just pass it to him inside and he'll make a layup. But no, I don't think so. I think that's you don't think so. Much it. No. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> that that very simple move is being overlooked by well, countless see, of millionaire coaches. <laughs> well, that's what I, <laughs> you know, what I mean, right? Because like, yeah, yeah, from our perspective, it's like you know we're sitting on the the couch, laid back, like just get it to him inside. But uh, <laughs> anyways, right. he, he did, I mean, he did have a good game: nineteen points, eighteen rebounds. Maybe the rebounding was a little bit better because of his matchup. Maybe not. It's hard <clears> to say. I mean, but. Yeah, regardless, uh, you know, big win for Chicago, getting them right. And I think they're able to win the next one after that, too. So uh, big kind of thing for their momentum here in the season. Um, let's jump to the next one. This one was also from Friday. The Brooklyn Nets win in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Uh, these are two of the better teams. I think at that time, they might have each been third in their respective conferences in the standings. Um, and it was a pretty back and forth game i was able to catch some some moments of it you know new orleans you got to keep in mind throughout all of this the last week or two they're playing without zion williamson without brandon ingram and they've still been able to win games they've stayed consistent in that top western conference group um but in this game they just played a team that was you know a little bit better in the nets and durant especially led the way 33 points 10 rebounds um we'll talk a little bit more about the nets in just a second um, but before we go on to that, let's maybe chat for just a second about the Zion situation. Cause you know, he's a player that <clears throat> both of us have, have liked watching it and many people like watching, I'm sure. Um, mm. but he's also missed a lot of time with injury. You know, the season he played most of the season, he was an all-star, uh, that was the second year. And then last year he missed, I think practically the whole season this season, it's been about half and half. Do you think that's going to be something that will limit him? Like it'll be something that overtakes or, you know, takes more. Oh, how do I say this? You, you know what I mean? Like the injuries take him out more often than he's able to play and produce. Or do you think that this is just, you know, kind of coincidence, bad luck thing, and he'll be able to overcome this? Um, I think it's going to take a lot to overcome it, honestly. Uh, I think, I think it was you on the last podcast that I was talking to, or I was talking to someone recently about, you know, all of the next LeBron Jameses that are, that have been coming up and, you know, Zion was one of those where people are like, oh, he's going to be the next LeBron, like incredible athlete jumps out of the gym, but, and mm. is super muscular, you know, and 
unfortunately for him, like it doesn't matter how athletic you are if you can't stay healthy, you know. Right. And I think that that they've worked with him a lot and like cha- trying to change his biomechanics on how he, how he moves and trying to mm-hmm. you know keep him from just injuring and keeping his weight down has been another big thing because your body just can't move that amount of weight like he moves it you know Mm -hmm. and and sustain itself and honestly i don't see him really picking up out of that uh general trend here (laughs) that he's had (laughs) so far in his career but i really hope he does because it would be really fun to see a healthy zion for a few years you know yeah absolutely you mentioned the the biomechanics thing uh you remember i'm sure you saw when that kind of came out that they were working on his the way he moves and Mm -hmm. charles barkley of course had a field day with that he was like zion this is how you walk and he's like (laughs) (laughs) it's walking on the set like i'm sure it wasn't quite that (laughs) you know quite that same thing but yeah and you mentioned his weight do you think i mean it seems like you know, I'm sure there's other factors at play, but do you think that's maybe just kind of his natural body type and maybe he's <clears throat> just more naturally prone to that? Or do you think he could be doing more to limit that weight than maybe he's done up to this point? I think it's something he's just predisposed to, honestly. Like, mm. And I mean, we have seen like, you know, in times of injury where he gets a little chubby, but typically like during the season, he's just honestly super muscular. like. Like he he's never like a super trim like you know two percent body fat kind of guy you know right but but like he he just has a lot of muscle on him like the guy the guy has what a lot of you know bodybuilders and stuff like some of those natural <laughs> uh muscle building uh genetics that kind of hinder him because of the sheer amount of weight that it puts on him. Yeah. I mean, another comparison that's come around a lot in his career is Charles Barkley. To me, that kind of makes more sense than the LeBron comparison to an extent in terms of like play style, but um, just the athleticism. Yeah, the athleticism, you know, and and Charles Barkley is one of those guys who, because he's such a character on inside the NBA, people forget how stellar of a player he was. I mean, you look at those highlights, he was a force. And Mm -hmm. one of the things he talks about in his rookie year was Moses Malone and how instrumental he was in helping him go from, you know, talented, but, you know, there's weight concerns and, you know, things like that to actually being, you know, real dominant force. And he focused on helping Charles to lose a lot of weight. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you got, you got to get down to a certain playing weight. And he did, and he, you know, was able to have much greater success. Maybe there's something like that for Zion where, you know, he needed that, you know, here, here's a weight, like a target weight, and maybe they've already worked on it with that. But anyways. Right, and yeah, I'm sure there's always more, you know, there's always more you can do uh, to help with stuff like that. I think it's tricky finding the balance, though, like, as a professional athlete, it's like, do you, you know, spend all your time like making sure your weight is proper or like you got to spend time on the court too because otherwise you're not going to be able to compete at the you know at the professional right. level so true I'm, that, I'm sure that's a tricky balance but yeah, yeah a, a model like uh 
Barkley had might be helpful for uh, Zion, I think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, potentially. And um, yeah, it's a good point. Balancing skill development versus, you know, uh, your training and your your body and all those types of things. Um, Maybe with his play style, that's less of a factor considering he's more, you know, rebounds, uh, <clears throat> slashing inside, you know, making some passes. But those are more things that can be done with effort and just knowledge of the game rather than reps as far as like, you know, he's not going to be shooting a ton of shots or things like that. So mm-hmm. anyways, you know, this is a conversation that goes around a lot. You know, I'm sure this will be a conversation going forward. But in the meantime, you know, New Orleans keeps it going. Even though they lost that game, they're still a solid team. Um, and hopefully they can get Zion back and Brandon Ingram, too. Yeah. Uh, sooner rather than later. Um, our third game also comes from Friday. We had three from Friday, two from Sunday. Uh, this one was a surprising dominant route by the Charlotte Hornets in Milwaukee against the Bucks. Who saw that coming? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you go to the game chart. It was thanks to a massive first quarter by Charlotte. At one point late in the first quarter, they were up 27 or 28. Um, they had, let's see, a 51 point first quarter which ties the NBA record and is a franchise record, uh, Charlotte franchise record for points in any quarter. Um, So, you know, Milwaukee wasn't necessarily that bad. It was just Charlotte was playing out of their minds. Terry Rozier was hitting buckets. Um, So they just built a lead and then they sustained that same lead throughout the whole game. Um, You look at the box score for Milwaukee, they did do – Giannis did have a very off game. He was held to nine points and four rebounds. Um, there was an ESPN stat. It was like his, you know, 400 or no, it wasn't 400. It was the first time in like two years or a year that he had been held lo- below 10 points. Um, yeah. Two for seven from the floor, just a poor game from him. And they didn't get, you know, enough support around him to potentially make up for it. I mean, 19 and 12 for Bobby Portis off the bench. Nice game. But then uh, 12 each for Grayson Allen, Drew Holiday. Uh, 13 for A.J. Green, not to be confused with the wide receiver. Um, <laughs> and otherwise, everyone was single digits. Meanwhile, for Charlotte, uh, their starters played very well. I mean, leading scorer, Terry Rozier, as I mentioned, 39 points on some great percentages. 23 from P.J. Washington, 24 from LaMelo. Uh, 17 points, 15 boards for Mason Plumley, and uh, they just had a hot start, and then they maintained it to to get an upset win. Um, yeah, kind of a crazy, crazy stuff. Let's jump to those last two games, yesterday's games. Uh, the first one being that aforementioned Nets game. We we need to talk about one more Nets game here. They narrowly beat the Miami Heat, 102 to 101. This was another last minute put back by Royce O'Neal. He had another one of these game winners a month or two ago in Portland. Um, But the big storyline here, Kevin Durant did leave uh, during this game. I think they said third quarter, second half sometime uh, with an apparent knee injury. And we'll jump to our quick news for that. Uh, Brooklyn forward Durant left Sunday's game versus Miami with a right MCL sprain. And there's kind of mixed mixed reports on the the time frame. 
on NBA website, they said we'll miss at least two weeks. Uh, meanwhile, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reports more potentially four weeks. Somewhere in that kind of month's time frame, it seems, will be the the, re- the return for Kevin Durant. So definitely devastating for a Brooklyn team that was, you know, they are playing super hot. Yeah. Su- super hot, one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, but fortunately for them, they still get the win. Uh, for Miami in this game, Hero, 24 points. Jimmy Butler, 26 points. Um, not a great depth of scoring outside of those two. Meanwhile, for Brooklyn, they had uh, 29 from Kyrie. Durant did get 17 before his injury. Uh, 10 for TJ Warren and 14 for Seth Curry off the bench. Uh, so, again, able to escape with the win. That's big for Brooklyn. And then finally, let's talk that last one and then see if we want to talk anything with those last few games before we move on to our sixth men. The other Sunday game is uh, the Timberwolves winning in Houston against the Rockets 104 to 96. And they had a huge rally. They were tw- down 20 points at one point in this game in the second quarter, but they made a run to make it close going into half. And then it was a little back and forth before they pulled away in the fourth quarter. Um, this is uh, Minnesota's fourth straight win. I think there's undefeated so far in the year of 2023 um, for Houston, 25 points for Kevin Porter jr. 18 for Alprin Shangun. And then for the Timberwolves, they are led by 22 from Russell and 21 from Anthony Edwards, along with 18 points, 11 rebounds for Rudy Gobert. Um, Let's maybe, I would start with Minnesota. I think it's good that they're able to get these wins and they're starting to kind of gel. You know, maybe people were pushing the panic button a little bit too early on them as far as the Gobert experiment and how this team would work. Um, we got to keep in mind, they also, I think have been without Carl Anthony Towns for some time. Um, I don't remember exactly, you know, if, if he has been, why that's the case. Um, actually I've just pulled it up. There's a report. Oh, this was back in November. And why did I miss this? Um, Towns expected to miss. So this was in November. Towns expected to miss four to six weeks with the right calf strain. So he's missed a bunch of time. You have to imagine he'll be back soon. Um, but I, I would kind of think, you know, Minnesota, I think they have a chance to finish the season strong and, and be a lot better than they have been up to this this point. Why, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they definitely had earlier in the season, they had a a pretty decent run for a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before the cat injury, I think that. You know, they're they were still even when they were playing better, they were still working through some, you know, like you talked about the Go Bear experiment, some of their rotational, like how they're gonna fit in Go Bear and Cat. I think that was an interesting choice from the the get go of even getting Go Bear. <clears throat> but right. you know, if they can get that down, I think that they could uh, at least become a playoff team. I I don't think by any means they're gonna go far. Mm-hmm. But you know they could they could pick off like the Suns, you know I yeah I expect that yeah I think that's definitely possible, um you know and I think anything even if they just simply match what they did last year I mean they were a, a playoff team last year I think they were a, a sixth or a seventh seed something along those lines if they you know just barely meet that that's still going to be seen as kind of a a failure you'd have to think of 
you know, we made a big move to get this guy who's going to elevate our team. And we simply, you know, met par, you know. Right. But yeah. considering the struggles they've had, I think it would still be, you know, success to get into the playoffs and be competitive. If, you know, especially if this is kind of, you know, this is their core for the next few years, then it's still, you know, a good sign. So, um, yeah, anything you wanted to talk about with uh, Nets, Heat, Hornets, Bucks, any of those before we jump into our, you know, our smaller statistical notes um, and things like that? Um, you know, I just wish the best to Durant. I hope he gets back, gets healthy. Mm-hmm. I think the Nets are going to be a, a really stellar team, you know, going into the playoffs and throughout this season if, if they – stay healthy, which is, is something I've been waiting for for a few years. So, you know, I've yeah. been excited to see how Durant, Kyrie, you know, and now they have Ben Simmons too. I, I've been waiting for them to turn into this, you know, dominant team that they've been lately. Right. And then they finally do for a while. And now we've got an injury to set it back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you. And I think a lot of people have been waiting for that, but you know, I, I echo that, you know, of course, wish the best to Durant and his recovery. Um, real quick, let's run through some other statistical, uh, you know, things of note of interest from the last weekend before we jump into our news um, on Friday and Sunday, Yusuf Nurkic had some big rebounding efforts this weekend. Friday, he pulled, excuse me, pulled down 19 boards and Sunday, 18 rebounds. So he had a huge rebounding effort uh, this past weekend. On Friday's game, the Knicks, when they were in Toronto against the Raptors, Julius Randle got off to a hot start. He had a 19-point first quarter. In that game, Mitchell Robinson also finished with 18 rebounds as uh, I believe New York was able to go on and win that game. Um, another one from Friday, Jakob Pertle for the Spurs had a nice all-round game. Let me go ahead and pull up the stats because uh, I can't remember exactly. So he had 11 points, 16 boards, seven assists, two steals, and three blocks. He's kind of a unique player. You know, he's always pretty solid, but not like all-star type caliber. But he he puts mm-hmm. in work for San Antonio. Um, regardless, nice game for him. Uh, Friday, Gobert had 25 points and 21 rebounds. Nice game for him. And Jokic had a triple-double on that night as well. On Saturday, we had a few things. Uh, Vucevic, 16 boards. Uh, Luka Doncic had a triple-double. And Westbrook dished out 15 assists. Uh, And then on Sunday, a few things. James Harden had a triple-double. Christian Wood, 27 points, 17 rebounds. And Vita Zubac, 17 points, 18 rebounds. So those are the, you know, outside of the games we talked about, some of the statistical things that are worth noting one last thing i saw a nba.com article i don't remember the specifics and i don't think i can quite pull it up but there was a great you know they were outlining golden states they've been like a tale of two teams you know almost like a jekyll and hyde thing here where at home they've been dominant they've been you know if not undefeated they've only lost a handful of games you know they're they're stellar. They have a great home crowd and home court atmosphere. And then on the road, they've been completely abysmal and they've been barely able to win one or two games, maybe. And, you know, it's typical that you win more games at home than on the road, but usually not quite that stark a difference. Um, 
if, if you can find it out there, I recommend it. It's a very interesting read. I'm sure you can find plenty of the stats about it. Um, but regardless, that definitely contributes to this kind of, you know, back and forth. They're really good or they're really bad. We've seen from Golden State this year. Um, just definitely something worth noting. Um, okay, let's go ahead and jump right into our key news then. We don't have a ton of things to talk about, but I'll start off. Uh, the Denver-Cleveland game, I think this was from Friday, uh, Denver experienced another delay due to a bent rim. If you remember, I think it was just earlier this last week that that same thing happened, and it was delayed for quite some time. Uh, this time, a 10-minute delay. During this time, Jamal Murray took pictures with fans, and Nikola Jokic ran cross-court sprints while they were <laughs> working on getting the rim fixed. Um, that was ESPN's, I think, little notes on that whole experience. Um, kind of bizarre. I think it was the exact same rim that had gotten bent by, oh, I think it was in, wasn't Aaron Gordon. It was someone on the Celtics, Robert Williams. He had a crazy dunk or not. It was a good dunk and then bent the rim. And then in this Cleveland game it happened again. I don't know who bent the rim this time, but it was the same rim. Kind of bizarre. Um, next. There was a positive note from that Nets heat game, other than the Nets being able to come out on top. As far as I'm talking the Nets perspective for the heat, I'm sure it wasn't great that they lost. um, (laughs) Another good thing for the Nets and Kevin Durant in that game, he passed Dominique Wilkins for a 14th on the all time point scored list. He's in that range where there's a lot of guys close together and he's moving up quickly. Um, I think he has the potential to finish the season in the top 10 from what I've seen. Uh, so kind of the side note to LeBron's chase of Kareem is that Durant's going to join that top 10 group fairly quickly as well. So a uh, nice note for them. A uh, couple of transactional things here. Uh, the Spurs are signing center Gorgie Jang to a 10-day contract, which I don't understand at all because they had him up to just a few days ago and released him, and now they signed him to a 10-day so I guess they're trying to make some contract moves. They, you know, get, want to give him a, a second chance before they fully release him. I don't get it. And mm-hmm. then uh, the Kings are signing guard PJ Dozer to a 10-day contract as well. So a couple small transactional things. Um, for the Clippers, Marcus Morris Sr. was fined $15,000 for inappropriate language directed towards an official. Uh, so the Morris twins, that's not totally unexpected. Usually it's Markeith more than Marcus, but regardless, <laughs> um, good news from Golden State. Uh, Steph Curry practices in full and he's likely to return for their Tuesday game. So that's some great news, not just for Golden State, but us NBA fans to be able to see him back on the court. That's going to be great. A um, couple of smaller things. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and LeBron James have been named NBA Players of the Week for the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, respectively. Uh, congratulations to them, and we will talk more about them with our weekly MVP discussion. And wish you played like that with the Jazz. What? <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what can he do? Uh, he sort he did in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. He, al- he did always show up in the playoffs or usually offensively. Did. Offensively, he did yeah, offensively. Um, and then. Yeah, let's go ahead and check our LeBron tracker. We do this every Monday. Yeah, so he, 422. 
422. Wyatt's got yeah. it pulled up. He's got it as his uh, wallpaper on his phone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, yeah. I'm just surprised how quickly he had that. Yeah, 422. Yeah. He's currently at 37,965. So uh, definitely chasing that down. You should, I would think, with the pace he's got, he's definitely got a great chance to get it this year. Uh, and that covers everything for our key news. Wyatt, any comments on that before we real quick do game previews? Uh, I was just going to comment on, so from the sixth men, we talked about Jokic. And this last week, I have found, like, there are very few things that I found more joy in than watching just highlights of Jokic's assists. Oh, it's great, man. <laughs> they are insane. It, yeah, there's something about his passes in particular. Like maybe he puts just like a touch of flair on it, or it is just coming from that center spot. Yeah, there's always something mm-hmm. great about watching and, those highlights. And like, I'm always like trying to figure out when did he like see them or how did he see them? Like, I seriously think he has an eye in the back of his head that he's just like, that he yeah. can just see what's going on all the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, some of it maybe is like, you know, there's, you know, signals, like nonverbal signals, and they have an offense that's set to run a set way. And so he, yeah. he doesn't even have to look and it's like, oh, yeah, there's there's, there's going to be someone there. Right. Yeah, exactly. But um, or it's witchcraft, yeah. you know, either way. Or it's that. I think that's probably <laughs> more likely. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. OK, so let's go ahead and real quick talk about what are the games worth checking out this upcoming week. Uh, So this is Tuesday through Friday. Games to watch out for on your radar. Uh, The times that I will give for these games uh, when these games start are in Eastern Standard Time, simply because that's what's given on the NBA website. Let's start with Tuesday. We have seven games on Tuesday, uh, and two of those are a TNT doubleheader. Uh, 7.30, the Oklahoma City Thunder visit the Miami Heat. And at 10 o'clock, the Phoenix Suns visit the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the latter game, I think, is especially noteworthy, especially because what we talked about with Steph Curry, if he's able to make his return for that game, uh, that would be fantastic to see him back on the floor. A couple other games you definitely got to take note of. On League Pass at 9 o'clock, the Cavaliers are in Utah against the Jazz. This is Donovan Mitchell's first time playing in Utah without being a member of the Jazz, playing against the Jazz. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention to this one see how well or not well he's received i imagine we're gonna do the nice thing do the the video and the the standing o and all those things and then the cavaliers are gonna beat us Um, yeah (laughs) but that's probably right i hopefully we'll get a few boos in there you know (laughs) just to keep him humble (laughs) yeah just to you don't want to make him feel too good um and then also at 10 30 the mavericks are in la against the clippers that's sort of a mini rivalry. They've had a couple of playoff series that have been good. And Doncic, I think, likes to to beat the Clippers particularly or play well in L.A. So, so that's one worth noting. Uh, then on Wednesday, we have eight games. We have an ESPN doubleheader. At 7.30, the Milwaukee Bucks are in Atlanta against the Hawks. And then at 10 o'clock, the Nuggets play host to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so both of those good, you know, conference rivalries. Uh, Eastern for Bucks and Hawks and Western for Suns and Nuggets. And then I've got three other league pass games. I felt like I added too many additional games, but there's a lot of games this week that I think are going to be really interesting to watch. 
Uh, firstly, seven o'clock in League Pass, uh, the Wizards play host to the Bulls. Those are two teams of pretty similar records in the East. Uh, could be a good matchup. At seven thirty as well, the New Orleans Pelicans in Boston against the Celtics. Again, pretty close records, two competitive teams. And then finally, at 7.30 as well, the Indiana Pacers in New York against the Knicks. The revitalization of the old rivalry. They're two good teams again. And it's, you know, Reggie Miller versus Patrick Ewing. And, you know, I I want this rivalry to come back. This is a forgotten rivalry from the 90s, (laughs) but that they're both two good teams again and they're similar records. So I think yeah, only one game apart. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a very competitive game, which will make it even better, you know, rivalry aside Um, on Thursday, we've got six games and a TNT doubleheader at seven 30. The Celtics are at the nets, maybe two of your best teams in the East. And then (laughs) at 10 o'clock, the Mavericks at the Lakers. So again, both the Clippers game and the Lakers game, I think Luca likes playing in Los Angeles and, you know, putting on putting on a show, essentially. And then Friday, we've got nine games, an ESPN doubleheader again. At 7.30, the Warriors at the Spurs, and at 10 o'clock, the Nuggets at the Clippers. And then I've added one more, League Pass at 8 o'clock, Suns at Timberwolves. That one particularly, I think, is good. Two teams going in the stark opposite direction. Timberwolves on a win streak, Suns on a big losing streak. You know, see what happens in that game where now suddenly they're much closer matched than maybe you would expect. Um, mm-hmm. Why, if you had to pick one game of these that, like, you can only watch one of these, what would be the game? I think I already know the answer, but... Uh, honestly, I'm leaning toward the... Probably the Celtics, uh, the Celtics and Nets game. Oh, okay. So yeah. even even without Kevin Durant, you think that's still going to be worth watching? Yeah, I think it'll still be worth watching. It, it is a bummer because you know you see the Celtics playing both the Pelicans and the Nets this week, mm-hmm. which both you know th- those are the top three teams in the East right now, and or well, top two teams in the East, and then the the pelicans are third in the west i should mm-hmm. say but so they're all three, really good yeah three top-notch teams all in the top three in their respective conferences and yet the pelicans aren't whole and the nets aren't whole <laughs> so it's like <laughs> there was so much potential a little bit of a letdown but i still think that game is going to be uh, a really good game to watch right what what, yeah. uh, what game did you think i was going to pick well, I, I kind of thought you'd go uh, Cavs-Jazz, and that's probably Cavs, what Jazz, I would yeah. pick just as a Jazz fan. But if I didn't pick Cavs and Jazz, I'd probably pick the Pacers-Knicks because I hyped it up so much. And, you know, I, I enjoy – if you go if you want to watch some, like, heated rivalry games from the 90s, I definitely recommend watching some of those playoff games, Pacers and Knicks. It's, <laughs> not, it's not the most enjoyable basketball to watch, like their low-scoring games – it's all about defense, but just the attitude is is fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Whatever games you pick or don't pick, it's a great week of basketball ahead of us. Definitely a lot of great storylines and uh, teams and players to watch uh, this upcoming week. So that's your game previews of games we thought would be most noteworthy and uh, the national broadcast games for you.
Okay, so let's go ahead and shift into our power rankings. This is where we can kind of more, you know, both of us have a longer form discussion about uh, teams that have moved both good and bad within the last week. Um, why I think I've done this more often than not, but I'll let you go ahead and lead off with your uh, perspective and your power rankings for this week. Okay. Uh, yeah, a side note before we get started, my power rankings this this week are a jump from three weeks ago, the last time I was I was on the podcast. So some of them are a little bit bigger jumps. I'll I'll point them out where they wouldn't have been had I been updating it weekly. Uh but the top group is pretty similar. Not you didn't really see that big change. Got Celtics number one, Nets number two. Now they have moved up past uh the Bucks and Nuggets for me. It was tough on Nets and Bucks. I I had a hard time deciding which one I wanted to put second because they're both, you know, great teams. I could see them both, you know, winning it all at the end. Honestly, uh, as as well as the Celtics, of course. It's it's kind of one of those years where the top <laughs> ones are so close. You know, it could really yeah. go anyway. But I, I did put Nets second, um, just because I've been looking forward to this for so long. Uh, Nuggets fourth, again phenomenal team, and Grizzlies are are fifth, and they actually moved down two spots, mm. which it's not like the Grizzlies are doing anything wrong. You know they <laughs> they are second in the West. They have the same record as the Nuggets. They're on a mm. seven game win streak. Like the Grizzlies are playing freaking awesome, but. It just so happened that I felt like long term, you know, the Bucks, Nets might be better team than the than the Grizzlies. Okay. Sixers moved up a few spots. They're uh they moved up three spots. I think they're a great team. They're gonna do well this year. Cavs moved down one, but still in that top group. Mavericks moved up five. This this team, the Mavericks, was a little bit of a jump. I would we would have seen them moving up a couple spots each week mm. um, rather than five all at once. But, you know, they've been working hard, earned that. So they've they've moved on up. Pelicans moved down one, but they're still, you know, in the top ten. And then the Warriors are um, fo- followed them, and they moved up four spots. So they're back up into that that top group as well. Mm. Uh, which you know we we expected they did have a a moment of tanking earlier this season where they were pretty low and it was kind of concerning for Golden State fans, but mm. uh, yeah they've picked it back up even uh, with the injury with uh, to Steph Curry mm. and especially uh, with him coming back you have to think they'll be doing even better right exactly yeah so they should keep moving up I fully expect them to pass the Pelicans uh, and very well may pass the Mavericks before the season's up uh we'll see how that goes though pacers were a big jump they moved up 10 and you know opposite of them i'm skipping a few spots here the suns moved down 10 on my rankings Mm -hmm. both of them are bigger jumps because of the the gap in my power rankings they would have been consistently moving those directions over the last few weeks but uh you know Kudos to the Pacers for, uh, you know, jumping this many 
spots on the the rankings here. They're playing well and Suns, you gotta figure something out. <laughs> I, I yeah, which I like the Suns. I you know, was well, I'll say I was torn when they were playing the Bucks in the finals because I really wanted both of them to win and you know, it's kind of a bummer. Poor Chris Paul, he's getting old and just mm. wants a ring, man. Yep. <laughs> well, so, and it's it's been a tough year for them in general. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Chris Paul, they lost him to injury right after he comes back. They've lost Devin Booker now for some time. So it's been right. Tough. Yeah, one thing after the next for these guys. Yeah. Uh pretty pretty similar spots here for a lot of these guys. Clippers moved down five. Uh, which, you know, they are on a six-game losing streak. So what can you say? They they aren't playing super great lately. And then the Trailblazers also moved down. Uh, they moved eight, down eight spots. So pretty mm. significantly from a few weeks ago. Right. They're just uh, you know, and I and that's another team I really like the Trailblazers. Uh, but they're just. Not competing as much as I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Lakers moved up two spots, which I expected. I don't think I don't know if they're going to move up enough to get back into the playoffs at this point. Unfortunately, because mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of a LeBron fan, right? I, as Karsten mentioned earlier with my screensaver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but other than that. Jazz moved down. We expected that. Mm. Bottom yeah. group is the same that they have always been. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, with you know a couple weeks in between, there's some big you know movers as far as going up, going down. Um, for those who are kind of new to the show, generally the trend with each of us with our power rankings, Wyatt likes to focus a little bit more on the outlook, what he expects teams will do mixed with what they've done up to that point. Whereas I have up to this point tended to focus a little bit more on purely what the teams have done, you know, through the season up to this point, I think both are valid perspectives and it's nice to have that kind of difference to, to talk about and see where, where the differences are in those, those viewpoints. I'll real quick talk about my power rankings. um, And I'll also add a side note. If you have, followed or maybe you haven't heard we just barely added or created a instagram account for the podcast it's crossover across time all one word um and we'll be posting updates about the podcast including power rankings mvps um and we'll also be liking content from nba teams instagrams so definitely follow it if you want to keep up to date on the show as well as the nba um but we did post the power rankings there. So you had the, the chance to actually see this content or at least our top 10 before we talked about it on the show. Um, but regardless, I'll talk through mine real quick. Uh, my top three has stayed the same Celtics one nuggets, second nets, third, the nets had a better week than the Celtics or nuggets, but I've held off putting them second or even first. And, you know, Unfortunately, it looks like that perhaps fits as far as the team being without Kevin Durant. You know, I certainly didn't expect that or wish that to happen. But um, regardless, that's my top three. Uh, I've moved the Grizzlies up into four and the Bucks fall to five. The Bucks didn't have a bad week, but they're just not as dominant as they were early in the season. 
meanwhile, Cavs and Sixers continue to rise. Pelicans fall a good amount. They they had a tough week. Uh, Pacers and Knicks both make big jumps. I mentioned that rivalry game. Pacers are 10th and Knicks are 11th in my power rankings. And the Knicks jumped up six spots. Uh, the only team to jump higher than them was the Minnesota Timberwolves. They jumped up seven spots. They went 4-0 in the last week, and they move up, I think, to 16th in my power rankings. Uh, meanwhile, just above them in 15th, the Clippers fall five spots. They fall out of the top 10. Uh, big movers otherwise, the Suns fall five spots. They're you know struggling, as we've mentioned. The Jazz fell four. They're now in like 22nd or 23rd, something like that. Kind of more where we both expected them to be at the start of the year it's still disappointing uh it's worth noting i was actually watching some of the broadcasts of their last game against the grizzlies they've had one of the tougher schedules maybe the toughest in terms of back-to-backs road versus home strength of schedule they've had one of the toughest schedules in the nba up to this point and they've had some injury troubles so i think there is potential for them to get better from this point on as that schedule gets a little bit easier and they potentially have a more cohesive unit, but for now they're, they're a little bit low wizards fell Raptors fell. Um, the rockets took over as the last team in my power rankings instead of the pistons. It's been <laughs> all year. It's been Hornets, pistons, rockets fighting for those last three. <laughs> Who's going to be third to worst team in the NBA. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I feel bad for those teams. You know, they've got plenty of, of young, promising talent, but they just haven't been able to, you know, translate in translate that into wins quite yet. But um, regardless, I, the Lakers move up four. They went 4-0 last week. And they're hopefully, yeah, go Lakers. Hopefully within <laughs> the next uh, few weeks, they can see the return of Anthony Davis. And like you said, maybe they can make a push for a play-in spot. Um I guess we'll have to see, but that's kind yeah. of my power rankings. Why I think our rankings are fairly similar. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's too much difference. I mean, we're, we're both kind of, you know, we have different outlooks as far as like the overall, you know, like yeah, top group but... is shuffled a little bit, but pretty, yeah. I mean, same teams just order. Yeah, exactly. But like yeah. overall we're, we're pretty close. So, so good job team. Yeah, um, <laughs> I uh, I was gonna also mention we are almost halfway through the regular season here. It's a good point. So, interesting. We... Uh, no. Oh yeah, there are probably some teams that have already played forty-one games, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. Shoot. Yeah, because the Jazz, the Jazz have played forty-three. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, in ter- like the Jazz, I think have potentially played the most, or like one of the teams that's played the most games. So that adds to their, their schedule toughness. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like Boston has played 41 nets have played 40. So yeah, I mean, we're pretty much at the halfway point. So Mm -hmm. congratulations everyone for making it halfway through. Um, Now's the time to really make your push too. If you're one of those teams fighting for a playoff spot, you know? Yeah. It's a very good point. Now, we have a much clearer idea of what's at stake for different teams and what teams need to to get better. Absolutely. Um, and let's talk players specifically. If we're talking about, you know, teams make pushes for playoff spots, 
players are going to make pushes for the awards, you know, the, the, the rookie right. of the year, defensive player of the year, and MVP. But every week players are making pushes to be named our weekly MVP. It's That's a true. Highly coveted award in NBA circles. Um, and it's time for us to name our week 12 MVP. And as usual, we've got 10 candidates listed. Um, we could list more, but really we tend to pick out of a certain five or six. We don't usually, it's not quite that deep in terms of who's actually going to be the MVP. Um, at the top of our group, we have Donovan Mitchell and LeBron James, who both went undefeated, and they were also uh, NBA Players of the Week in their respective conferences. Uh, we have Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Jalen Brunson, Zach Levine, and Julius Randle. And we have stats for them for the week. We have traditional stats, uh, percentages, and we also have plus and minus. Um, Wyatt, I'll let you start on this one. Who are some of the players that are jumping out to you as far as an MVP pick? And I should also disclose, um, a couple weeks back when you weren't on the show, I awarded the Week 10 MVP to Nikola Jokic. So we have finally okay. broken that streak of consecutive or multiple-time winners. And Luka Doncic was last week's MVP. So just take that into consideration as you're looking at the board here. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, just I just think it's funny. These aren't my picks, but Luka and Jason Tatum are the only ones with negatives on the plus-minus score over here, which is... Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of interesting for, you know, the top player on their teams, really. <laughs> <laughs> to have, yeah. To, well, and it could also certainly be a factor in our discussion. Yeah. Um, I was also going to note, as I was putting this together, our second through fifth guy on our list, LeBron, Doncic, Gilgis Alexander, and Antetokounmpo, all shot worse than 20% from three-point range. Yeah, I, I did notice that. And that was – so that I'll uh, segue that from there. I was really looking at Donovan and LeBron uh, mm-hmm. for the, this week's MVP. And, you know, Donovan's percentages were really quite good, at, at least when compared to LeBron's. The three-point percentage was 35.3% compared to LeBron's 12 and a half. And well, then 80... 12 and a half. Yeah, bad. <laughs> bad news. Yeah. Um, which was also Giannis's, which, mm. you know, I guess you Giannis, can't, you you can't expect... do it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't <true>. do it all. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, for LeBron, we do expect better than that out of him. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Giannis, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty par for the course there. Uh, but Donovan, 86% from the from uh the free throw line which is uh pretty dang good and Mm. lebron's is only 77 so you know donovan's field goal percentage was a little worse 53 as opposed to lebron's 55 but that three point percentage really was a that Mm. staggering difference kind of pushed me toward donovan in addition to you know his 71 point game which yeah which i know like there were there was a little debate about like oh he crossed the foul line it was a lane yeah. violation and he shouldn't have got anywhere near that amount of points but you know 
I'll give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of those that you can look back at NBA history, like you know, it shouldn't have been a foul, shouldn't have, you know, should have been a a violation, whatever. You know, there's dozens of those moments. Um, I think the NBA did, you know, they have that report where it's like, oh yeah, we missed a call, and they said they did cross the line, but it's mm-hmm. it went to overtime, so you can't say it was, you know like won the game right it, it took the game to overtime so right the bulls still had a chance to win but um, yeah it just it just provided donovan the opportunity to score a lot more points than he would have <laughs> otherwise you know exactly but i mean i think he was at well, like 50 or something before overtime right prob- probably but he still had to be the one to score the points so right yeah you can't just pin it on one on one play even though it was important um, but yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely worth noting. And that was Monday. So that was part of this week, that 71 point game. I think that's a great note mm-hmm. and definitely valid about his uh, shooting percentages. Um, I have kind of a, re- a reverse comment, kind of off topic, but with Giannis, I'm kind of ready to put him out of the discussion for this week's MVP simply because, because of that flop. <laughs> no, no, just because of oh. the team, the team struggles and his stat. I mean, you know, he puts up the points and the rebounds, the assists that we expect, but he did have nearly seven turnovers a game across three games. Yeah. And, you know, a big loss to Charlotte. I love Giannis, but I think we'd probably rule him out. Um, right. Yeah, that nine-point game is like, oof. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely a poor performance. Um, I would like to rally for Randall here. Julius Randle, but oh yeah, I don't know. I don't think he would be in terms of a you know week to week. I don't think he's compared to Mitchell and LeBron here. I mean, twenty eight points, thirteen boards, four assists, a little more than one steal and one block per game. So defensively, he was solid. Mm -hmm. His percentages weren't great, but he had a good plus minus, and they were undefeated. And I with the great season the Knicks are having up to this point, I'd like to see a Nick win it at some point, but I can't right. let my personal agenda influence who's <laughs> actually going to be. <laughs> and I'm not even a Knicks fan, but I just like, you know, that's been a, a disappointing organization for a good amount of time. I, I like yeah. to see do well. So, right. And I, and I do like Julius Randall. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. I mean, Durant would also be a very strong consideration you know, in terms of what the Nets have done, he's been very efficient. I mean, 48% from three, just about, uh, plus nine, and they were three and one in that stretch. He averaged about 30 points, five boards, five assists, 1.3 steals, 1.5 blocks. That's actually, I think he's got to be up in the conversation with Donovan and LeBron as far as our weekly MVP. Yeah, and a 97% performance from the free throw line, which is absolutely, you know, that's what that's what you would hope that everyone does because you know, as they're commonly referred to as free points, you know, the free throws yeah. are just free points. But you know, if we look at the stats here, there's two people in the 90, you know, 90th percentile. So <laughs> it's a good point, yeah. Well, and Jalen Brunson, your shooter, you know, shooting 50% from three, shot 57% from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, right. What the heck, Jalen? Which is, yeah. Okay, Shaq. Um, <laughs> yeah, <what>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't 
don't uh don't kill us please (laughs) (laughs) um regardless yeah i don't know this is a tough one yeah i i still i am probably leaning toward donovan i would i would honestly say lebron or maybe lebron or kd would be who i would lean toward most other than donovan's you know, kind of a historic night on Monday. Yeah. Plus they were undefeated. Uh, right, yeah. As was LeBron, but Exactly. And and LeBron did it with like playing a clean game. I I mean his defense wasn't as as good as uh Donovan's, mm-hmm. but he also only fouled once instead of four times per per game. Yeah. Which, you know. Well, and I, I I go either way with those, <laughs> yeah. Um, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing to have fouled a lot. There's arguments both ways, absolutely. And with LeBron, I mean a little bit higher plus minus. And if you think about the team that he was playing with, Donovan had a little bit more support in terms of a uh, supporting cast throughout that week, especially. And yeah, LeBron, LeBron's been without Anthony Davis. Donovan still had you know Darius Garland and. Although they might have missed some time with injury, now that, now that I mention it, let me go back. We gotta we gotta double check this before I make a comment without knowing. Uh, so Garland didn't play in that seventy-one point game, and neither did Evan Mobley. Okay, so there might have been it might be pretty close in that department, honestly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just didn't didn't want to misspeak there. Um, so who's your final pick? I would say LeBron or uh, Donovan, but I I do want to know, you know, where your cursor's at there on Alexander is one point seven blocks for a, a point guard over the last week. That's pretty know, impressive. That that shows, you know, for a point guard to get that amount of blocks, he's hustling. You know. Yeah. That. Well, and he's been a defensive standout, if only statistically, uh, in terms of our traditional stats. He's been pretty stellar as far as the steals and the blocks all season so right um but yeah i, I would still pick uh a donovan this week okay yeah i mean sga is another name i bet you at some point this year we'll he'll be even more you know maybe we'll give him an mvp one of these weeks um but i i'm gonna go with you i think we i think we give it to donovan you know partially the historic game but also we had a solid week undefeated calves are moving up in those power rankings so i think mm-hmm. we can i think we can lock that in cool so let's go ahead and write it on our now that we have our instagram account i'm just remembering this we can post a picture of this oh there we go i'll definitely have to do that uh, yeah. number 12 and now i'm writing let's see Every time I do this, I think it's going to be harder than it actually is, but it's not not easy to write this name <laughs> in. Donovan yeah. Mitchell. And again, once I upload a picture, people will be able to see, oh, okay, that's why it's hard to write on that. But our week yeah. 12 MVP, we're just about to the point where we're going to cover the whole handle here. I'm showing Wyatt. Week 12 MVP, Donovan Mitchell, right there, written in. Yes. Uh, man, this is going to be tricky once we get like a few weeks down the line. I don't know how we'll write these names in, but regardless, week 12 MVP, Donovan Mitchell. Congratulations, Donovan. You can come home and 
Tuesday, you'll be here. You can pick it up on your way to the game. Um, and again, we'll clear the board and get ready for our uh, week 13 conversation. So uh, again, congratulations to Donovan Mitchell. Let's go ahead and give you our this day in history fact before we prepare to wrap things up. So this day in history, January 9th of 1996, uh, Toronto established an NBA record by becoming the first team ever to not hit a foul shot during the course of a game. The Raptors were 0 of 3 from the line during a 92 to 91 loss to visiting Charlotte. I'm glad there were only three attempts there. That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine? When like... you first were reading that, I was like, holy cow, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't make a free throw. But that's also bizarre to only shoot three three free throws in the whole game. Yeah, that is crazy. How do you not get to the line more? But actually, now that I do this every like day with these facts, now I want to see like what the um what the other team shot in terms of free throws. Uh huh. So we're gonna we're gonna pull this up. Uh, and like, was it a three-point attempt or was it an and one? And I'm leaning toward it probably being an and one, and then a standard, you know, two-point, yeah, uh, two-shot free throw. Probably. Let's see. Box score: Charlotte at Toronto. So was it at home? And I missed all of those. Holy crap! The Hornets had. Is this right? Yeah, Hornets had 41 free throw attempts. What the. And the Raptors had three. Did anyone question the referees that game? Well, here's your officials. Dick Pavetta, Derek Stafford, and Greg Willard. Man, I tell you, basketball reference, it's got everything. You want to know the officials? <laughs> I could tell you the attendance. I could tell you everything about this game. Holy hmm. crap. Yeah. But even worse, Charlotte shot 58% from the free throw line. Wow. They're Who both... shot the free throws uh, on the... Oh, on, on the shot three Raptors, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Damon Damon Stoudemire shot two free throws, and Alvin Robertson shot one free throw. Okay, so it was a two and one situation. Yeah, so they're they're backcourt, but man, yeah, I mean Del Curry nine of twelve. Shout out to Del Curry. Uh, Larry Johnson ten of eighteen. That was prob- probably a big factor. Grandma, but anyways, uh, okay, so that takes care of our this day in history closing fact. Um, once again, both of us would like to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, and also go ahead and if you're interested, would like to keep updated on the show and our, um, you know, our rankings, our things like that, our content that we're going to start putting on our Instagram account, the uh, account name once again is crossover across time all one word uh no capitals and again thank you for listening why any closing thoughts before we finish things up uh no happy new year to everyone since this is the first time i've been on in uh, 23 stick with those goals even though we are in uh now in the second week of january which as we all know from years past is about when things go down the toilet but uh <laughs> absolutely but stay yeah. strong out there <laughs> stay strong everyone you can do this you've only got 51 more weeks to go um <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks again for listening yeah happy new year uh and we'll be back soon <laughs>